streaming live around the world, this is Paper Cuts. No, God, please, no, no! With Brad and Jay. We need like some name tags with our picture on it, all laminated and whatnot. I mean, we gotta look legit, man. You sound insane. Do you realize that? We are live. Holy cow, we made it, oh. we made it. I, I believe my dog is barking in the background already, Brad. <laughs> That's okay. That's well, what's okay. going on? Paper cuts. Here we are. What's up, everyone? What's going on, Bradley? How's your week? It was eventful, Jay. How about your week? Mine was somewhat eventful, too. I had, yeah. a, uh, had a little uh, dental work done. About, uh, oh, yeah? Five, about five and a half hours of dental work. Uh, that sounds like an amazing time. You, you have a you have a picture there. You want to you, you want to you want to show the world what your mouth looks like. My, my as Nikki would say, my predator. Your predator face. Yeah. Can you see your predator face there? Oh, jeez, <laughs> look at that. Yeah, nice, huh? Into the black holes, what that looks like. <laughs> Into some hole. What? Stop it already. Stop. That's Don't Jay. Said. Okay. No. <laughs> All right. we're, we're done with that. So. Welcome everyone. This is the finale of season one of Paper Cuts, and just because I said yeah. season one, that means we must be having a season two, right? It depends on how this goes and if we still are friends <laughs> exactly. after the show. Well, I, I think I think we have uh, somewhat of a schedule for season two. It, it's starting to develop. I think um, so. It's a secret. But we're just taking a couple of weeks off, a handful of weeks. What three weeks or so? Two or three weeks. Two, two three weeks. Something done. like that. Yeah. It's Anywho, all your fault, really, it, is what it is. Well, <laughs> you have stuff really, planned too. Not I really. Think, right? I've got kids' birthdays next week, and I think okay. your anniversary is the week after, and my yep. wife will be out of town. So, yeah, stuff the, going the, on. The young one is doing some uh, cheerleading and soccer and all sorts of stuff. So, cool stuff. But, anywho, we couldn't be happier with who we have for our guest, our finale of season one guest this evening. It's uh, actually, actually, the first time we've chatted. First time it is. We're meeting. Uh, this like person five, here five minutes ago we met him yeah exactly <laughs> that's how we roll with paper cuts right <laughs> but we have a lot to get to we'll talk about writing we're going to talk about music too guys and you know mm -hmm. me i gotta fit music in here somehow uh the writer of hey i do which i saw mentioned in august eyes uh -huh. <laughs> earlier uh the writer Spoiler. until summer comes around and his latest august eyes and i don't know 100 other books give it up for <laughs> glenn roth everyone hello what's going on glenn Oh, hey guys. Thanks for having me. Are Thanks you working? I am at work right now at the Hampton Inn uh, that I work at. There's two of us. It's uh, Summer season's pretty much over for the most part, so it's a slow Friday and there's two of us on, so my co-workers to go out back and do your thing. Oh, cool. Cool. So a, a little bit of, I, I watched a little bit of your show last night with uh, Nikki had some uh, technical issues, so tonight should be pretty good then, right? Should be pretty good. I mean, I work on the Wi-Fi here at work. I was, uh, yeah, there was all kinds of stuff happening yesterday, but Don't we made it, it happen. We got through it somehow. So no jinx it, because I'll start having issues, or you'll start having issues. I know it's time for one of us. I mean, I've Brad already got issues. So yeah, Brad didn't show up for a whole show because of issues. Yeah, power was out. <laughs> so. Yeah, so welcome to uh, season finale of Paper Cuts that you just probably just found out about just now, right? Yeah, I just found out this is the season finale. <laughs> so you've been busy lately because a couple weeks ago or so you were on Deadhead Space and last night you were on with Nikki. How do you find time to do all this stuff? Uh, I've got actually a lot of time on my hands right now. <laughs> yeah, summer was summer was uh, eventful. Uh, I'm actually going through a divorce, so 
Oh, I found sucks, myself. Uh, you know, it's it is what it is. Um, you know, so well, I, the show just changed. Forward. We just totally changed the show. Let's talk about that. I'll be Doctor <laughs> Phil. Oh, thanks, Brad. You be, be, be Oprah, Brad. We're just. Uh, you don't want me to be Oprah. Car okay. for you and a car for you. Exactly. Yeah, I will take a new car if you've got one. There you go. <laughs> I wish. You know, but I mean, that's that's definitely uh, changed the course of things right now, and it's kind of like learning to or relearning how to function in this new reality that I'm I've got going on. So. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's getting better. So it's, uh, it's different. That's all. So well, on the bright side, I mean, you had a pretty big release recently, right? Yeah. yeah. The new book came out on August 17th. It's, uh, I think it's available everywhere now, um, through retail, uh, online retail and stuff. So, uh, August eyes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really proud of it. it. Came out really, really well. I was, uh, so I surprised myself. So I wasn't sure if I could pull it off or not. And I, I think I did. Now, is this the second one from uh, Flame Tree Press, or do you have another one? That, yeah, for those who don't know, it. until oh, summer comes it. around, it's also Flame Tree Press. But so this is the second one from them. This is my second one with uh, Flame Tree. Yeah. Cool. So now you're like a Flame Tree Press uh, icon, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Is it like an exclusive contract now? All the future, no. all the future ones released through them too. Um, uh, well, there is a deal we have, uh, regarding like when you finish a manuscript, they want to at least get the opportunity to, uh, off, make an offer on it. Okay. And the way I've been working with them actually is, uh, I will write an outline, a full outline for the book, which I've never done before flame tree. But since I've started working with flame tree, I would outline and, uh, send sample chapters and based on those two things, they'll tell me if they want the book or not. They want me to okay. write the book or not. So um, that's how both of these two books were, were done. So, uh, But I've, I've been working with Don Doria from Flame Tree back when he was with Sam Hain. So we have a history. So he's, you know, he's, he's seen plenty of my work and has uh, contracted plenty of my stuff before. So it's, it's not like... I came out of nowhere and said, hey, I've got an outline. What do you think? You know, we have, we've had a pretty good relationship uh, you know, with, with publishing and working with each other uh, over the years. So, so yeah, any future tree, ones right to... now that you have ready? I'm sorry, Brad. Any future ones you have ready now? No. Um, I, have, I have a new outline uh, and sample chapters with Don for hopefully the next Flame Tree book. Uh, I'm still waiting to hear back on that one. Okay. Go ahead, Brad. I'm it's sorry. It seems like you're fine. It seems like Flame Tree, they keep a lot of the same authors in house. Like Jonathan Jans, I feel like has a hundred books with them. And yeah. Day, Speaking Kevin of stuff, yeah. <laughs> so is it they kind of have a first rights to, you know, take it or leave it kind of thing? Uh, with Jans, I don't know how much was, you could Jans definitely had a, his own separate deal because I remember when uh, when Sam Hain went under uh, after they got rid of Don, which was a huge mistake. But I think, you know, financially, they just couldn't afford what they were trying to do. Um, mm -hmm. but Jan's had a whole, a whole 10 books or something. I don't know if it was 10, maybe it was like seven or something. He had a lot of books with them and he held on to those where a lot of us were trying to land the books with somebody else or put them out ourselves so that we could still have them out there. He was, he held on to his. And then, uh, like most of us, I'm sure we were waiting to see where Don would land. Mm -hmm. uh, and he worked out his own deal to get all those flame tree, uh, all those Sam Hain titles released mm -hmm. in the first year of flame tree. Uh, okay. So Jan's is a little bit different because he had all that stuff that he brought over. Um, whereas a lot of us had already placed those Sam Hain works with somebody else. So we couldn't just, you know, 
bring them with us over to flame tree yeah what's it like working with them because they seem to be like they're still i guess kind of a small press but they seem to be a bit bigger because i think what they're distributed through simon and schuster now yeah i think at least from last summer are they so is it different working from them they are, yeah like a it's it's definitely uh, it's definitely got the potential to be bigger, yeah. and I think and I hope and I think that it will. Um, but unfortunately for me, yeah, I can't really I can't. I think I was mentioning this the other day too. It's like uh, they made the deal with Simon and Schuster, mm-hmm. uh, like right before my book, right before until summer comes around came out, and then the pandemic was hitting, so it really was the transition was really hard, just because yeah. of the way the world was going. Um, and even this book had a little bit of a hiccup when it when it launched on the 17th where we couldn't get them get the copies to amazon or get it in into their system quick enough um Mm -hmm. so there was a little bit of a delay there so and i think it's just it's it's both the the transition still and the pandemic is still affecting everything so it's like i don't feel like i i don't hold it against the publisher or the or anybody else in between it's yeah. just what it is right now, and I'm I'm hope I'm hopeful. I mean, uh, Simon Schuster is a pretty big distribution that's group, a, so that's a big one. Yeah, yeah. That, I remember last year for their July Fourth sale was like right around the time they switched right. uh, distributors, yes. and they were kind of delayed getting it to people, and that was kind of the, the reason why they were switching. Right. right, right. It's like the warehouse where getting it from one place to the next, they had to get all the stuff out of the first whatever uh, distributor they had and get that over to Simon Schuster, and it, it, it was definitely a delayed. Thing, but I mean, those deals you can't beat those July Fourth right. deals that they do. I, know, I was just going to say that that's crucial getting it to Amazon. I mean, as much as we can sit here and, and bash Amazon and stuff, when you're looking at independent and small press books, the first place you kind of look is Amazon. Amazon. So if there's like an issue, a delay, and you're going the day off, yeah, that that could really you know cause a little trouble with someone it trying was, to get their stuff out. It was such a bummer that that morning, and I've ta- I've talked to them, and they they're very apologetic and did a lot, have done a lot behind the scenes for me uh, since then. But it was it was so frustrating to yeah. wake up, and you know, because a lot of people, like you were saying, that's that's just where they're comfortable. They've got it already right. set up. They don't have to put yeah. in any information. It's all, it's all one click thing. Yeah. Yeah, and, don't, don't tell my wife about that, but I do that a lot. So now one click thing is dangerous. It is. Oh, yeah. It is dangerous. Yes, sir. Yeah. So who's who's a, good, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, who's doing the artwork for your uh, covers? With, yeah, because until tree? summer comes around and August dies, they both have the same style. Like your the title and the font's the same. Yeah. Yeah, I like that about Flame Trees. They're trying to keep it author uh, themed. Like like you when yeah. you see like Hunter Shea has his own kind mm-hmm. of covers that they've been doing for uh-huh. him and Jan's I'm sure is the same way. And I've noticed that with mine, yeah, they're using like the same fonts and stuff and similar color schemes. I don't know who does the cover. It's all in-house for them. So okay. uh, I just know it's like one of the things I'm always most nervous about when I get the email <laughs> from Dawn saying, this is the cover. I love it. What do you think? And then I have to click and open it and I'm like, please be good. Please be for good. They're doing it all themselves in-house. They're not contracting anybody else out. Well, it might be somebody do. else. It might be someone. They have their own people that they work with or whatever. Okay. So I, okay. I don't know. I don't know who the artist is that's putting the stuff together. But I love both of these covers. So yeah, I mean they're happy. very similar. I, I like one. when there's unison with with a certain yeah. author and everything kind of stays the same. So yeah, yeah, me too. But do you have Do you have any creative say in what the cover looks like at all, or are they just like, do you like this or don't you like it? No, they always have a uh, they have a sheet that we fill out before 
Um, mm-hmm. When we first signed the contract, like you kind of explain what you think, what kind of concepts might be good for the cover, what you might want on there, but what you definitely don't want on there. And mm-hmm. so uh, I'm just, I love how it came out. I don't, I don't know what they took. I can't remember what I sent <laughs> them, but I'm so glad they got this out of it. Cause I love this cover. Well, I just noticed it the other day that it was the same font and same style. I was like, Oh, these look right. good together. They match up. They look good. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. How many uh, pieces do you have out? Do you keep track or, or are there books out there you forgot that you've done? <laughs> uh, I've got, I think I've got, I think August Eyes is my sixth novel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got four novellas that are out. I've got two short story collections that are out. So, and then I've got a bunch of stuff that's uh, on the way or, or underway or whatever coming down the pike. So, so you have a stack of works of progress that we can expect. Yeah, I got like I, was, I got a uh, I got a four, uh, like he was saying about Flame Tree gets my next novels, and I talked to Ken from Silver Shamrock, and he's like, I know you can't give me a novel, because I was talking to him about my uh, short next short story collection, and we made a deal. Uh, he's going to put that and three novellas out over the next year or year and a half. Okay. So I signed a deal with Silver Shamrock to do that. So that you'll get those. Nice. Uh, the the short story collection is called Nocturnal Pursuits, and it comes out in November through Silver Shamrock. And then right after that, I think January, will be a novella called Something in the Groove. That's, a, oh, that's cool. So that and, and, what, and what's uh, Silver Shamrock? You pretty much know who's going to do the cover for that, right? Keelan Patrick Burke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think he's done all of them except one. I think one person, uh, someone else did one, but I think Keelan's done all the other ones. Cool. Those yeah, are yeah. He, he does amazing work. Yeah. He does amazing yeah. work. His covers are always great. So, was the is the window? I might be wrong. Is that your debut novel? No, no. that is uh, that was the one right before until summer comes around, and I okay. ended up I ended up self publishing that one. Um, I actually offered that one to Sam Hain, uh, not Sam Hain, to Flame Tree, and mm-hmm. Don passed on that one. Um, but after, you know, I took, he gave me a lot of, uh, I love his, 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 uh, passes for me is only, he's only passed on two of my offerings and he always gives me great feedback and what worked and what didn't for him. And I went actually through after talking to him, Russell James, uh, also, uh, read the book for me and gave me his thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went back through after talking to them and another friend of mine and reworked a lot of the stuff in that book. Um, I just didn't want to try it with, with Don again. I, I, I knew overall something didn't really work for him. So I, I, but I loved the story. I was really close to the story and I believe in that one too. And uh, it's, it's done really well for the most part um, on its own. So yeah, that could have been remember, the first uh, book, but it's uh, yeah, it ended up being is, my own. Thing. Is uh, Michael Clark saying that devil's Creek was the one that you were trying to think of? Yeah, I think uh they bought the art and then Todd Keeslin kind of man- manipulated it some and changed it up. I only say that because ironically there's a devil's Creek reference. There is August eyes that I caught while it's, trying it's to old, get old man Keesling out on devil's Creek lane. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. I like, thought that was you, so fun. I love doing that kind of stuff. So, oh, I was so gonna you bring have, that up. Like you, you, are, do you do that a lot? Do you put, things that you like that you've experienced in, in your writing do you put I mean, there's a lot of stuff about music in there so i'm assuming you're a rocker 
I'm going to go ahead and say you are. <laughs> I mean, he's got a lot. We get into that later from, too, but yeah, yeah Taylor Swift places. and like Marilyn Manson and Pearl Wait. Jam. You had a big range of it. Yeah, I don't know about the yeah. Taylor Swift part, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's always it's such a huge part of who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, you know, I am a, I am a rocker from the you know I played in punk rock bands forever, mm-hmm. and. Uh, before that, I was always into, I was a hair metal kid, and then I got into, obviously, grunge and all that stuff. Um, and that stuff is such a part of me that it, it can't help but come out. And I always loved reading, uh, you know, song titles and stuff in books uh, yeah. that, I, that I've read. I always get a kick out of it. Like, like if you, especially if you, as a reader, are someone who knows those songs and knows right, those, right. you know, it doesn't work as well for people outside of that, but I think I don't worry about that so much. I just, it, it's the book that I want to write in. It's, it's in my voice. And that's part of my voice is just these, these things that it's are like, it's like an Easter egg the way I look at it. Like, you know, the Easter egg you always look for movies. I, I look for that in books too. Just things right. I can relate to right away. Books that I've read mentioned in some books, bands I listen to mentioned in some books. And yeah, I, I think almost, it, yeah, it makes the, the writer a bit more human because, Hey, you're like, Hey, you have things in common with this yeah. writer that you're reading about right now. So, you name it off bands and songs and stuff. It's almost like you're putting a soundtrack together or a playlist together for the book as, to, as well. I do do that. So uh, I did that for until summer comes around. I think I did one for the window, like on my Spotify page. If people find that I did one for August eyes too. Um, and yeah, and I, and I don't, I don't usually make it beforehand, I, but I yeah. go through afterwards yeah. and I like, look at all the stuff I mentioned and throw it together as best I can from that. And so it's, that's fun for me too. I love, I always loved making mixtapes and stuff when I was a kid. So. so that's part of like the editing part when you're going back, making changes and throwing in bands and other books and movies and stuff. Well, no, in the editing part, it's already in there. I, 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 I write it right in originally. You know okay. I mean? It comes okay. out in the first draft, but I'll go back through after I finished a book and throw a soundtrack together based uh, okay, off I got you. what okay. I put in there. Okay. And that's the, the cool. thing with, thing with dropping like name dropping fellow authors and stuff I've kind of always done that. I mean, the Devil's Creek Lane thing was just, I don't know, so <laughs> fun. It just it seemed perfect at it that fit, when I yeah. was writing. And, uh, and like when I read Todd, it, it made me smile. It was funny. And yeah, and it's a pretty big book, too. So, and I know a lot of people mm-hmm. that are going to pick this up will have probably read that. If they haven't read it, they should. And if, if, right. they, and if they haven't, I hope they'll, they, like you said, just put a quick smile on your face while you're yeah. reading it. You know? Those little um, Easter eggs, yeah. And, and Todd's an old friend of mine. Uh, we met through a website called Horror Novel Reviews uh, that Matt Mulgard used to uh, run. And when we first came into contact with each other, I believe Todd was bad-mouthing The Shining. <laughs> um, I said, and, and he looked so different back in this, this time. There was this picture of him when, when he was just a little bit younger. I've seen and, him baby face picture. Yeah, baby face. So baby face. I said, who is this twerp? Bad mouthing <laughs> the shining, right? And I'm not huge or anything myself, so but I was still so mad. And I think we had a little, we had a little like conversation, like little, not really that aggressive, but back and forth. Yeah. And then the we, I don't know, we started talking after that, like messaging each other and shit, and reading each other's works. We would ended up being pretty good friends out of that. And now I've got some jokes about him because I always tease him about. <laughs> I was teasing that because he's such a big Nine Inch Nails fan. I like to tell him that he loves Poison as his favorite band. And so <laughs> I, I'll throw those jokes at him uh, as much as I can whenever I see him online or something. 
He has a nine inch Devil's Creek. I, I remember he was he was live on YouTube. I think when he was signing copies of Devil's Creek last summer, yeah. and I think in the background, I think he was playing Nine Inch Nails. Cause I don't know why I sat there and watched. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I sat there and watched a guy sign copies of a book. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking, did you sign mine yet? You know, because yeah. I had ordered. <laughs> I had ordered one to sign copies, so I, I didn't want to put in the chat. Hey, did you sign mine yet? But right, um, right. So, like, he's, he's, he's so cool. He's such a cool dude. He's such a great writer. And, uh, you know, I love I, you always love it when a, a friendship starts like that with like some sort of little stupid kind of spat thing and then turn yeah. something awesome. So um, I don't think we've ever met in person. We've chatted like a video. We've done YouTube stuff together and yeah. I FaceTimed him in the middle of the night when I was drunk and wanted to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, I woke him up. I don't know if I woke him up or whatever, but he was just, he still came in. It was me, him and a couple of other guys. And we were talking about Jaws. And, he was hanging out and I'm like, what are you doing? Are you out by a campfire? He says, I'm in bed, idiot, or something. Well, you know, like, drunk. How, that should have been recorded somewhere. That would have been great. Yeah. yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. It was funny because we were doing it was um I think it was the virtual scares that care. Um it was started the next day, and I was supposed to run a panel on um Jaws. And I just wanted to like go over some things with people and that was after i'd already started drinking that night so <laughs> they had we had a good time it was about an hour of you know talking about that movie and shit and it was cool and then and then the amazingly i was hung over when i when i had to do the panel the next morning but it went really well it was like jonathan jans adam caesar and uh some others that showed up i think victor lavalley it was cool it actually went really well cool. so. michael clark's got jaws get ready to eat him looks like that picture there Mike loves Jaws. He's got the little things. That, I think he gave him a white scares the care, the little sand things from the beach. Yeah. But he's asking, did you go to the Jewish priest concert in 1986 that you mentioned? In, uh, until no, I, wasn't, I wasn't old enough to go to go to concerts then. So see, the thing is like, um, I would have been nine. I would have loved to. I, I have a copy. It's a really bad copy floating around. Of that. I, just, I was either I zero know. or just bored, depending on so, what time you're totally I just went off with, see how easy it is for me to go off on a tangent with music. <laughs> I have a, a bad copy of that floating around here somewhere. Just FYI. Go ahead. I, I think I would have been 86. I think I was eight or nine myself, too. But yeah. like my brother, my I had an older brother that, that went to a lot of concerts in Portland or in Old Orchard Beach. I think he might have went to one with my cousin there. So I used a lot of uh, what I was always, I was always envious, you know, I wanted to hang out with those guys so bad, they, but you know, they were like four years older than me. So they were going to all those cool concerts. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of used that, that little bit of, of, uh, watching them go through this stuff and talk, hearing their stories and stuff. That's what kind of made it into the, until summer comes around too. But how does uh, Taylor Swift fit in this? <laughs> Taylor Swift is just like one of my favorite songwriters. <laughs> She's, I know. She's, hey. got, she's got catchy stuff, Jay. You can't deny it. It gets stuck in your head. We all have those guilty catchy songs. That shake, but... shake, shake song or whatever. My kids she's dance got, that all the time. She's got an amazing range of different styles that she's pulled off and pulled off well. Like from starting in country all the way up to like the poppy, the real poppy 80s sounding pop stuff she did for a minute. And the, she did some like the folk stuff that she's kind of doing now. Like it's just impressive to me as a songwriter, like to to see somebody be able to do all these different styles and do them well and be mm -hmm. very successful at it. And outside of that, she's also super cool and like stands up for 
artist rights and all that stuff. She does. I, I will give that to her. I mean, I, I can look past the musical part and I do respect. <laughs> the, I, do, I do respect, you know, what, what she does for artists rights and women's rights and all that stuff too. So, right. Just, you know, I just was looking through like your, uh, your uh, little bio and saw Springsteen hair metal and Taylor Swift. So I was just trying to make the connection <laughs> there. So that's it, man. You put all that stuff together <laughs> with some punk rock too. And that's it. Yeah. That, that's, that's a car ride right there. That's all my jams, man. So you, do you play guitar yourself? I, I pretend to play guitar. I, I play enough <laughs> you pretend to, to play. To, pretend. I play like punk rock guitar. You know, I don't, I can't do solos or anything like that. I can't do anything tricky while I'm, cause I, I, I play and I sing. So I can't. I, I see some of these guys that are pulling off all these crazy riffs while they're singing, like Metallica, like just to yeah. feel go through all this stuff while he's singing. I'm like, I don't know how they do that, but <laughs> I can strum. I can do power chords and stuff while I'm singing. So that's always been something I've done since I was like 17. I started a little late with that too, but hey, the Ramones uh, have like what three or four notes. So I mean, there you yeah, go. Yeah, you only yeah. need three chords so to do it. So that's what I've always I've always done that. And I've done some acoustic stuff too. Um, but but most of it's punk rock stuff, pop punk or whatever, Green Day-ish, Rancid-ish kind of stuff. Because you have a, a couple of videos on your YouTube channel, don't you? Singing and playing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I always I always post stuff like that on like Instagram or or my YouTube page. So, and I've actually just started playing with the drummer from my first band again. Um, and we're gonna I think his daughter, who's nineteen now, <laughs> is is uh, she plays bass like crazy, and I'm like we've been looking for a bass player and I'm like, she stands there and watches us during practice. She loves yeah. the songs. I'm like, dude, get Chloe to play bass. And he's like, <laughs> want me to ask her? And I'm like, yes, what are you doing? She's already <laughs> there. She's got equipment. We're ready to go. So hopefully um, we've worked on like a bunch of new songs. So I'm hoping to actually get to do some kind of demo recording or something. Um, hopefully in the next six months or so. Yeah. Is that, do you have a name yet or? For the band, I mean, yeah. the original band was called the Skin Flutes, so I'm not sure if I want to use. <laughs> I'm not sure we want to use that now. <laughs> I mean, we could yeah. maybe we'll not with the 19 year old daughter in there. <laughs> right. Maybe we'll just call it like SF or something. I don't know, but <laughs> but well, uh, I don't, so yeah, we haven't talked. What year was that? We were talking about what we were going to do with that yet. So what what year was it for the Skin Flutes? The original year. Uh, we started in 97 and okay, broke yeah. up in like 2000. So, uh, yeah. So like 2021, I don't think you can get away with you that name. You can't get away with that now. No, <laughs> no I don't think so. So I has got a question from back. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, somebody. ask how many, how many bands have you been in? Uh, well, one, two, <laughs> it was the skin flutes, two bit theory, nobody else. Uh, the Bonnie situation, the never nudes, I uh, had one called Glenn Theory and the Portland All-Stars. Nice. <laughs> uh, I think I think that's it, like six or seven, six okay. or seven bands. What's the what's the range of that? Like high school up to kind of recently or uh, the, Never the 90s Nudes and was, stuff? The Never Nudes was my last band, and that was in 2013 or 14, I think. Okay. Um, and we I had already kind of like decided I wasn't doing music anymore because I, I stopped music in like 2010, started writing horror mm -hmm. stuff in 2011 so i was kind of doing i was into this world now right. and then a uh, couple of buddies of mine that i'd never been in bands with before were like we have this new project we want you to be the singer and i'm like what uh <laughs> but i don't do that anymore and they're like come on we need you and i was like okay let's do it so it doesn't take a lot to get me back into it but uh that one ended mostly because of time constraints we just didn't 
all of us were, you know, grown up working full-time jobs. A couple of us yeah. had families. So it was just hard to get together as much as you'd like to, to have a good sounding band, but it was so you, fun. You've been doing the, the writing uh, horror stuff for 10 years. So it wasn't something that you did when you were younger. Like you didn't want to be like a big next Stephen King or anything. You no. started doing the last 10 years or so. Well, what no. was that? What was that moment when you realized, you know what, this is what I want to do. What, what made you have that moment too? Well, I had, um, it was a, there was a couple of books that I had um, purchased. I've been reading Stephen King and stuff, but when I got King's on writing, um, he had a couple of exercises in there uh, to try out. And I kind of, I think it was in my mind that I wanted to try writing some stories, I guess. I don't know why I was, that was back when I was still writing songs all the time, Mm -hmm. but I think I had an idea or something, something was bugging me. And I bought that book and I read it and it made me think that I could maybe maybe do it try it and i i remember writing a couple of short stories in uh some of my old notebooks uh my own song lyric notebooks mm-hmm. uh, just a couple of really short ridiculous stories and i set them aside uh, and I, I think maybe i totaled of like eight eight or nine stories i set them aside and it wasn't until like i said i stopped playing music and i was home and i i was just out of a job and I felt like I needed to do something creative that I pulled out one of those notebooks because I don't throw any of those notebooks away. And I said, oh, I'll just type this up into my computer because I, I'd only had it in those notebooks scribbled. So I had to decipher my chicken scratch handwriting. <laughs> and in that process, I started editing and trying to make them better as I was typing them up. And the, the one story that I typed up all the way was the beginning of Blood and Rain, which is my werewolf novel. Cool. And that I ended up, that started it. Once I started that, I had a, I was friends with some horror uh, readers on Facebook and I mm-hmm. sent them the chapter, uh, first chapter. And they said, wow, that's cool. What happens next? And I was like, I don't uh, know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> cool. And then, well, send us what, but send us the next chapter. So I, I, that's how I, that's literally how I started writing for real is these friends of mine, couple, there's like four of them that I would send the chapters to as I finished. And it was always, what happens next? Like, hurry up with the next one. <laughs> that got me started. And partway through that process, I said, I think I can write this book. I think I can do this. And I kind of like looked up how many pay, uh, thousand words, how many thousands of words makes a book, you know, and I aimed for like uh-huh. 60,000 words or something. So that was my goal. And I got there and I loved I loved that whole process of creating these characters and doing all these things. And somehow it all worked. And I didn't outline that story or anything. That was totally pants that whole story. And I mean, the first draft is pretty rough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 I still have it. It's pretty funny, but uh, it was, I loved so much of it. Like I thought, Holy crap, I made these great characters and this, this story really works. Like it's the ending. I loved the ending. The fact that I made a great, what I thought was a great ending uh, really sold me on i got to do this this is what i've got to do right. and i've been doing it ever since then so wasn't that how uh stephen king kind of did gunslinger like he wasn't he doing like a little piece of it and he started it to that in magazine like college. I yeah he started that in college as part of a writing project he did like a part of it, set it aside but he was yeah. sending parts of it to like a magazine i thought and then i think the yeah. next part was he said to him and, and then finally pieced it all together because if you read that it's not a direct novel you can tell yeah. pieces put together so right. there you go yeah, i don't know i never heard the old the behind the stories on that one so with uh blood and rain how did it go from writing a new chapter for your buddies to read to let's get this published now we'll find a publisher for it 
Well, I'd always, at that time, leading up to that, I was really crazy for the leisure books, uh, horror mm. club stuff, all the books that were coming out from leisure. And that's, that's my style, I think, is a mix of like King and the leisure book stuff. If I had to like say, well, what, what, what do I think my style is like? I think if you took a bunch of that leisure stuff and a big slice of Stephen King and mix it together, you know, because it's not as clean and nice and proper for everyone around the world as King stuff can be. Not as accessible, I guess. There's more grit and more, you know, blood and a little more grit and blood than yeah. you could get away with in the mainstream, probably. Even though I think the Flame Tree books I'm writing, I, I've tried to like uh, write a little broader without uh-huh. losing too much. You know what I mean? I right. think there's still a good, there's a great mix in there. Um, but yeah, that's how that's how my stuff started was with with, with the leisure books really inspired. Uh, me to do this okay and those were always like very accessible to everybody you would be at a grocery store and they'd be in the checkout line uh, stuff like that so it's just right there bam you had to go ahead and get it so and the paperback mass mass market paperback mm-hmm. is just, uh, still my favorite thing i wish it wish i wish we could do that still yeah i love that so that's the perfect size the mass market paperback size yeah yep. are you uh, writing something every day or, or do you just are you like a mood writer I I write when I can. And like I said, you know, with this summer, everything that's happened over the summer, it's been a lot more difficult to get into the headspace. Right. It's all mm-hmm. about getting into that headspace. I mean, you can if you can get into it, you can work. I've had I had a good July. I had a lot of stuff that I was uh getting done in July. Like I have a sequel novella to my my novella Chasing Ghosts, um, that is at the halfway point right now. Um and I love where it's at and it's fast and it's furious and it's vicious and I can't wait to get that done. I'm also working on another uh, project um, before I jump. As soon as I get these two done, then I'm jumping into my splatter Western that is supposed to come out next year. So I got, I've got nice. that underway as well. Jump on everyone's, doing a, everyone's doing a splatter Western. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as soon as I read magpie coffin, I was like, I have to do one of these. And I, love I, started, that book. I started writing, I started writing the idea for this one right, right then. I mean, I started the first couple of chapters and have worked on it in and out of other, in between other projects. Um, can, I've kept can you tease that. what the idea is for that one? Uh, there's like this evil, I've got an evil like witch that's, that's, uh, going to be really cool i think i mean she's in and i'm always confused about witches and what they do because i'm not like into wiccan stuff and i don't know all Mm -hmm. the so it's kind of like my own take i guess she's like she's kind of like the the demon demon slash succubus thing that i used in the haunted halls i kind of have i kind of just go with my idea of what i think it should be like so i i don't Uh really stick to uh strictly to any rules of the tropes or whatever so um She's really, I, I, she's really vicious and really evil, and I love it. And I want, I don't know who's going to survive right now. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty exciting. And the Who covers for those books are amazing. Justin T. Yeah. Coons, he just every new book is like, oh, this one's my favorite cover. Oh, now this one's my favorite cover. Right. He just tops right. it. That was like the time. second thing. As soon as, soon as I, I got the, this book started. Once I started writing this book. I was like, oh, I'd love to have one of those covers yeah. too. Because I think the second and third one came out pretty quick after the first one, and uh-huh. I was seeing those, and I'm like, oh yes, now I have, I have this must happen. And then I actually had a mutual <laughs> friend, a mutual friend of mine that got in touch with them when she found out that I was working on. When I I told her that I had one that I was writing, and she contacted uh, them and got us talking to each other, and it worked out. 
and uh, signed a deal with them. So that's awesome. Do you know what number yours is going to be, or you don't know? Uh, no idea. They, they've they're kind of like they've got a bunch of people that they had gone after for for their second volume, which is starting soon, I think. Yeah. Um, the second like season of 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 the splatter westerns, and so they're kind of I think it's as they come in is how they're okay. working on it. Um, well, what number are they on? What 13, 14? 13, I think. Yeah. 13 was the 13 Coyote, I think. Or maybe that oh, was 10. Uh, they're up uh, to like the, 14. The newest I think, one, I think, is the Chandler Morrison one. Yeah, that was 14 or 15. I read that one. Actually, that one was pretty good. I liked it. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading. That's one of the books I'm trying to read right now. So. Yeah, I like how meta he was in that one with himself. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So, Bo had a question way back up here. Um, how was it working with Silver Shamrock? Well, I've just started working with them. So, um, so far it's been awesome. I mean, I, I approached Ken about my collection and then he came back with the, we'll do the collection and how about three novellas? And I was like, <laughs> Crap, how about yes, I can do that. Why not? And at the time I had no, I had one, I had uh, something in the groove, which is the one I've finished that I, I had, you know, that was almost finished when I started talking to him. So I've got one that's almost done and I've got ideas for a few more. So we can just figure out which ones as we go. And pretty quick, I knew that I was doing the sequel to Chasing Ghosts. Um, and that one's been been awesome so far. So, so far, they've been really good. And I know Ken, uh, Kenneth W. Kane, who does their editing, mm -hmm. um, he's done some editing for me as well on some projects. And, um, and Ken McKinley is, I've been friends with him since, Maybe Blood and Rain, I think he read and reviewed, and he's been a fan of mine for a while. So it wasn't too surprising when he came back with a counter offer for me. And <laughs> that's uh, a good counter offer though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's great. And it's good to just it's 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 nice as a writer to have someone that you know gets your work. You know, I've got Don mm -hmm. and Ken, who are two guys that know what I do, they know what I can bring. And to have their support and their belief like right up front is is incredible. I'm grateful and I feel for like that too. I feel like they haven't done a short story collection yet. I know they have the big anthologies, the midnight oh, yes, the they graveyard, have and collections. The do they have Instagram. collections. What well, well, are anthologies? Yeah, anthologies. But uh, I don't they, know if they did, have a collection yet. Do I they? think they, they put out um, Ronald Kelly's. Um, That's right. They, they did. did. Uh, uh, essential essential he won the Splatter Punk yeah. Award for that too. I he think did. he won the Splatter Punk. Yeah, for that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We got to talk to him. He's a super nice guy. Yeah, he's super awesome. I've never met him in real life, but I mean, talking to him on Facebook and stuff and messaging each other, he's super supportive and super cool. Super that, was cool a good, that was a good show. Yeah. Um, so so what is your favorite kind of horror to write? I don't really have a favorite, I don't think. I mean, uh, I like I like so many different things and I like to switch it up. Like I never planned on doing sequels. Um, mm -hmm. It was never my intention to ever like set anything up to be a sequel or to have a sequel. So I always, I always want to bring something different each time right. out. You know what I mean? I don't want to just be rewriting the same kind of story over and over again. So, um, I mean, do, you, do you find one easier than the other or. Well, sometimes that like with August eyes, um, I push myself into some corners that maybe I don't feel so comfortable in. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. Same with my first novella for Sam Hain was called Abrams bridge. And it was like a ghost story, but it was like also mystery. Okay. Um, and at the, I, I I, I started it as a short story to be a ghost story. And then all of a sudden this mystery just started developing. Like who's, who's behind this? Why did this happen? What's going on in this small town? And it felt more like a mystery book to me. Um, 
And I was scared when I was starting because I was still pretty <laughs> early in my writing. I'd only been writing for a couple of years and it was all horror, horror, horror. And to add this mystery element, like, and actually try to pull it off, it was fucking super scary, but, <laughs> but it feels like what the story wants. So I'm going to try it anyways, because no one's uh -huh. looking at it right now. It's just yeah. me. Yeah. And I, and I did it and I really loved how it came out. And the same with August eyes. I had this, um, I'd never done like a dream world crossing into reality. And how do you make that work? You know, and pull mm -hmm. it off successfully. And um, it scared me. And it scared me so much when I started writing it, I stopped. I'm like, I can't write that yet. I can't do it. So I set it aside until uh, I knew I wanted to get another book to Dawn. And then I kind of started outlining and figuring out how and why and all that stuff. And once I had the outline, I said, I've got this. I can do this. And, yeah. you know, signed the contract and I wrote the book. And it was scary still, but I think it, I think I pulled it off again. So yeah, I'm what I'm you push yourself. 70 Seventy-five percent or so in, and I'm really enjoying it. it. Not that it's the same as this at all, but it's given me shades of uh, Christmas Land from Nosferatu by Joe Hill, kind of the same alternate reality vibe yes. kind of thing. Just, just yeah. the beginning, the be the the beginning part, I got that kind of feel. And, and I was like a little completely worried. different, yeah, but exactly, it's kind of the same vibe. Yeah, right, right, yeah. And I was I was kind of glad cause the 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 pro the the beginning part. Like I was worried it was going to go one direction. I was like, no, please don't. <laughs> I like the way you, you you pulled it back. So a lot of it is just open for our interpretation of what really happened. Right. Um, right. Got lucky there. <laughs> yeah, it was funny with, with the beginning of the book too, because when I sat down and wrote, when I first got the idea, I just moved to this uh, new town, which isn't really that new. wasn't new to me. It was just new to live in. It was beside where I grew up actually. And it was a small, small town called West Gardner. And uh, there was just so many graveyards or cemeteries everywhere. I was like, this place is like graveyard land. It's what I said to, my, to myself or I said out loud to my wife or something. And uh, it stuck in my head. And I said, I got to I got to write that down and come up with something for this. Like I thought always thinking a short story at first. And then you start writing it and you realize, oh, this is something bigger. Uh -huh. um, so I wrote like the first three chapters, not the prologue, but the first three chapters and then I said, I, uh, I, I don't know how to make this work. I don't know what this is, but I like what I have. I'm going to put it over here until I think I can write something for this. Uh, and it wasn't until I was getting ready to send the sample chapters to Dawn where I went and reworked those first three chapters that I said, oh, I want to write that. I want to write that prologue. I want to write what happened, you know, at the beginning of this because I just felt like I, that's how I wanted it to start. And so I wrote the prologue the day I sent Dawn the sample chapters. And uh, so I sent him the prologue in the first three chapters and that's when, when then we rolled from there. So, so that sounds like it, it was a situation where you were able to, to what, well, like, like the book was writing itself almost, it was going in one direction and you were able to adjust and get the better of it. I mean, do you think, or do you know if that's like a trap for new writers, you know, when the book starts writing itself and they get kind of stuck in, in those little uh, corners and stuff and they just can't get out of it. it I, I know people who may have just given up because of that. Do you ever hear about that or see see that happen? Has it ever happened to you, come close to happening to you? Well, I'm always like, I'm always working on so many projects. Like if I get stuck in one, I'll take a break from it and pick up another one, whatever's like pulling at me, you know, you kind of right. go with what's working at the moment. I've uh, And I've written books that i got stuck in mm -hmm. um 
eventually I'll write through it though. I, I think there's only one story so far that I haven't finished that I, that sitting, uh, I actually sent it to a friend of mine who's taken a stab at, uh, collaborating and coming up with some ideas for it. Um, because I was just so jammed in, in into the spot. I, I was in such a, had such momentum. It was like the, my, the novella I started writing after chasing ghosts and it like was flying. And then I get to the point and I just lost it. Like, I don't know where to go right. or what to do. That's the only time it's really happened to me is with, with that particular story. Um, and hopefully it's going to get worked out and we'll find its way out eventually. But um, do, you, do you feel like with that one, you wrote yourself into a corner or you just, you just don't know what, it's going to happen next. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. It's like it started off as an idea of one thing. The story takes it in its own direction. Mm-hmm. And I got like confused myself. I'm like, wait a minute, but I wanted it to be this, but <laughs> now it's this. How yeah. do I get this to work? And I just, I think because I also have so many other projects going, I right. just, I was able to just like drop it. Like, this is mm-hmm. frustrating me right now. And I don't want to look at it. And <laughs> do you like, ever start blending the ideals together? Like, all, all your works you have going on, do you start combining the ideals and, and start to get confused? One time I was writing, uh, I was writing my book Becoming has like uh, the original version's got like this real slug type thing in, in the story as one of the creatures. And I was writing, maybe it was the window or something. And I was writing this scene and all of a sudden I brought that creature into the scene. And I'm like, <laughs> and it was late at night. I was probably drinking. I don't know. And I was like, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wrong book, wrong book. That's the only time it's ever happened to me. You could have left it in there and see if people caught it. Yeah. <laughs> Special edition. Yeah, I was got another fun. question. If you could write for an existing property, what would you choose? Like an existing world kind of thing. Hmm. Like, like any book or movie, whatever, whatever you want, any kind of existing existing property. The Marvel universe, no, go. Ahead. Yeah, <laughs> no, Terminator. I wouldn't want to touch that. I feel like yeah. I'm doing something like that. Um, That's too big I, for me. <laughs> you know, I've always, I've always wanted to write. You know, especially now after doing this book, do take a stab at like Elm Street. You know what I mean? Do like a, yeah. a that would be fun. I don't know if I could do it, but it, for some reason, I remember a couple of years ago, especially. It, it it was like i think it was when i saw the remake you know what i mean and i don't mm-hmm. hate the remake like a lot of people do um yeah. i kind of i like a lot of it um it's not perfect and it's not as good as the originals but i like that they tried to do something different i like the guy that played Freddy. i thought he was creepy yeah, uh it wasn't horrible way. i think um, he played rorschach in the, the yeah, watch movies same guy yeah and, and i think it was after i saw that i was like i want to write like the next one you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it was just a crazy idea that popped in my head and I really gave it some serious consideration, like trying to write like a screenplay or something or, or a short treatment or novel or something on of that. And I still might, I mean, like I haven't thought about it actually until, you know, you brought it up. I think I thought about it a little bit when I was working on August eyes, but right now it's just like, now I'm like, Oh yeah, I really did want to do that. You know, I think it does have that dreamscape kind of feel to it. Yeah. And I mean, I used, I leaned on, uh, Wes Craven a lot actually um, to pull this off to do my uh, how I wanted to do this in August Eyes I watched uh, I was watching the Elm Street movies and Shocker actually has a lot a lot of uh, a lot of influence on how I worked my dream world in this one because if you remember Horace Pinker was a serial killer in that movie and mm-hmm. uh, had his way of getting back so you could uh, write it from Freddie's point of view. <laughs> yeah, be cool. 
yeah. the bad guy's point of view. I yeah. do want to ask, without giving too much away, you do have some kind of dream stuff in the book where uh, Sarah, she's got this book about dreams. Mm -hmm. Did you make all that kind of stuff up or did you do yeah. research about dreams and the subconscious uh, and that kind of stuff? Or I did a little bit of research on that stuff, but I mean, I, I, I used my own app. I take all that stuff in and then I make up my own like book titles and stuff. And uh -huh. um, yeah, I, I did. I did do a little research on that kind of stuff because I wanted it to sound legit. You know what I mean? Um, but I always like to like soak it in and then mm -hmm. see how it pours out of my filter or whatever. Um, so that stuff was all, all my, all my goopy, uh, dreamscape stuff. So how long did uh, August eyes take from beginning to end from, from concept of, of the, uh, the plot to publishing? Well, like I said, I mean, if you don't, if you don't count when I wrote those first three chapters in 2014, <laughs> Okay. That was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, was that was a long time ago. I sat for a long time. Like I remember telling Don the first time I met him in person after he'd signed Abrams Bridge, my novella. I said, I've got this, I've got a couple of books ideas. And that was one of the ideas I was talking to him about back in 2015, I think. Uh -huh. And it just didn't get, I wasn't ready to write it. And I'm glad I didn't even attempt it then because I, I started writing it in 2020 actually I wrote the I wrote the outline in December of 2019 mm -hmm. then I started writing started writing the uh, rest of the book in April March or April of 2020 and finished it in November so was it hard you started the first three chapters in 2014 to get back into it no, it wasn't because it, it wasn't long because that's not my chapters aren't real long anyway so it was pretty yeah. quick just reread that and uh especially after i had after i wrote the outline i knew where i wanted to go with it so mm -hmm. outlining has been amazing uh i never <laughs> thought i'd be able to do it i never wanted to do it but uh, it's the only way i could think of to work with flame tree quicker would be uh -huh. if i could do that because i know a couple of uh author friends of mine like john everson and tim wagner that do that with him and i said well i've worked with don enough he might he might go for that and i asked him and he said yeah send me send me send me an outline and some sample chapters and I'll definitely take a look at it. And we've been, and Tim Wagner actually helped me out a lot with, uh, until summer comes around. Um, he, he sent me a sample of his outline from one of his books just to give mm -hmm. me, I wanted to see what it would look like. You know what I mean? Have the structure and, of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also had a book that I was reading on outlining and between those two things, it, it set me right up and I was able to successfully do it. And I never thought I'd be able to. And, it's it's probably my favorite way to do it now. Yeah, um, yeah. It just makes it a lot easier, and I always thought it would trap trap my creative my creativity and spontaneity or whatever, but it doesn't because you uh -huh. you have the points you've got to get to. You know what I mean? Right. And you can make anything can happen still in between. So you kind so, of have the, the landmarks hit this landmark, this mark, and then whatever happens and, in between. And you can and it doesn't have to stay that way. It can still you yeah. can still adjust it uh, on the swing. So. Who do you share your stuff with first to get a little feedback? Don. <laughs> Normally I go straight to Don, you know, or, or uh, nobody, you know what I mean? I, I used to with short stories. And when I started writing, I would, I would definitely reach out to friends of mine. Cause I just didn't, I wasn't confident in myself and would reach out to buddies like Todd Keesling was a friend of mine, Kristen mm -hmm. Dearborn, a local Maine author who lives in Vermont now, but she's uh she's been published uh, as well. And I would reach out to them a lot and, have them read stuff. I think with the window, I was I was nervous because I was trying to mash a couple of things together that I weren't I wasn't sure was going to really work. So I reached out to Russell James and a couple of other friends for that one. But you, 
most of the time it's just I'll write it, I'll do a quick edit, and then I'll send it to whoever I think will publish it. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Clark, he's one of do you have beta readers at all? Yeah, I don't. I don't really I don't really use beta readers uh, for my stuff. Um, if I get real nervous, like I said, on, on small, on, like very rare for me to like not be confident in what I've what I've finished um, or mm-hmm. what I what I'm trying to sell. Um, usually, if I get to the end, I'm pretty confident that it worked and it works well. Mike's impressed. Wow, because <laughs> I know I a lot of authors we talk to they do, they do beta readers. Sure. Yeah, I know Janine Pipe. She would gobble up anything you send her away. I bet. I have sent Janine's got Janine has got a special access pass for my in progress <laughs> works. She's got the because, number one fan pass, right? Yeah, because she's just awesome. So we need to pay her to get some inside information. She's <laughs> um, like one of the things that people have been looking for for years because I've been talking about doing the sequel to Blood and Rain. Um, mm-hmm. That's called Waiting for Darkness. It's halfway written. So Janine has read the first half of that book. Okay. So she's great too. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I, and I've been wanting to write the rest of that book forever, but <laughs> keep getting all these other projects that are lined up that I have in front of it. Like it's not contracted, so it gets pushed back. Yeah. Brad, let's get a game in before we get, before we get a reading. Or are you already reading? For, yeah, let's get the game in. Yeah. What do you want to do first, Glenn? You want to play a game or do you want to do your reading first? How do you guys want to do it? Let's break it up. Let's do the game now and, and get you loose for your reading. How's that? All right. <laughs> that's good so we're gonna do do a lightning round jay well, get 60 seconds no. up on the clock oh, wait, oh, yeah i'm not i'm not prepared hold on 60 seconds. 60 seconds it goes by Ooh. quicker than you think <laughs> wait, let, me, let me find my clock here shoot I so i'll been. just rattle off questions and you answer you know as quick <clears> as you can see how many we can get Will I get free beer out of this or something well i'll have mike clark hook you up with some free beer i was gonna say we have we have the king of swag <laughs> in the chat right now so <laughs> or i can get i could call joshua marcella up since i think he lives like down the street and he can bring you some yeah beer. he doesn't live very far from me yeah all right i'm ready when you are ready are you ready so ready? Let's, uh, hold on we gotta do the video first oh, that's oh, right production we're, budget <laughs> so we're gonna play we're gonna play a lightning round that is fire <laughs> That's our. That's the budget for the show. Those little five second clips. <laughs> All right, ready. Sixty seconds, right? All right, ready and go. What weapon would you choose to be in the zombie apocalypse? Shotgun. Shotgun. What's your favorite holiday? Uh, Halloween. Favorite TV show? Seinfeld or The Office. Oh, Seinfeld. Nice. Worst food you've ever eaten. Uh, oysters. <laughs> Dream vacation spot. Uh, Hawaii. 30 seconds. Favorite horror movie. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Favorite band. Band. I'll go with uh, the, the, the Guns N' Roses. Nice. What's the most treasured book that you own? I have a cool copy of Patrick Lacey's um a voice so soft. It's one of the 10 seconds. Nice. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Flying. Three. Celebrity two, crush. One. Ah, so many. Emma Stone. <laughs> Emma Stone. Emma Stone's pretty hot. <laughs> Good job. That was our, that was our, the, the, the lightning round, the hot seat. <laughs> oh, that was, I think I won. 
I think you won. I think Mike Clark and Joshua Marcelli need to hook you up with some beer now. Were, were you sweat? Were you sweating? For some reason, people think they sweat during that. So, like uh, I said, he'll sit in a koozie. <laughs> I wasn't sweating too bad. Trying to set my phone up here so I could do the reading for you guys. Let's see if this works. Hold on. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Get it yeah, I, did up. Some, I did some live readings um, to promote the book when it first, you know, the first few weeks it was out. I like to do that with this, with last, with the last book in this book. Uh, just doing some to get people's interest and hope that you know make a few more sales. Yeah. So um, I don't know what I'm going to read out of it. I'm, just don't read the final that, ending. That because... last chapter. Just read that last. <laughs> oh chapter. yeah. Okay, last. I'll read the epilogue. Epilogue. <laughs> <laughs> I got a ways um, to go still, but still. <laughs> uh, I can either read like the first chapter is pretty short and good. Or like the prologue. What do you guys think? The prologue's pretty hooks you pretty good, I think. It does. All right. Well, we'll go with the prologue. Okay. Prologue's a little bit longer, but I, I do like I've read that a couple of times already, so I'm gonna do it again. Yeah, if you got the time, we're we're good with it. So all right, cool. Yeah, I got the time. <laughs> all right. Hold on a second. Wait. You gotta watch your whistle real quick. <laughs> yeah, gonna get that tea in there. Tea and honey. All right. So you, you guys ready? We're good to go. Go for it. All right, August eyes. This is what it looks like, people. Flame Tree Press, out now. Uh, this is the prologue. Spears Corner never knew it had an uninvited guest in its midst that August afternoon. One that would make the skin crawl on every parent in town if they understood what kind of monster was roaming their streets. In a green Dodge van, it searched for the next boy to quench a thirst and an urge that never faded, never eased, never disappeared. The downtown area, a two-block stretch along Water Street, was full of adults and children alike, enjoying a beautiful, sunny day. Squeals of laughter bellowed from little ones chasing each other up the brick sidewalks. The group of teens standing in Nirvana and Liz Fair t-shirts on the corner flung curses at the monster as he passed by. Look, it's Chester the Molester in his fuck van. Fuck off, creep. Suck it, asshole. The van rolled along. Just down the street, an old Credence Clearwater Revival song was being murdered by a howling kid with a beat-up acoustic guitar on the steps of the Spears Corner Public Library. That was me, by the way, in real life. <laughs> this one caused the monster to break, salivating, its sweaty hands clenching the steering wheel, a desperate heartbeat throbbing in its neck. It always liked the loners. They made the best company. Police sirens blared to life behind the van. Startled, the monster let off the brake and pulled ahead. The two police cruisers, their lights flashing, sped by. The moment had passed. The van moved along, driving out of the crowded downtown area and up the hill toward the quieter parts of town. Crap, Johnny, the new kid Ethan said. That was close. Johnny Colby was still shaking. He'd barely avoided getting run down by the asshole in the red Ford Escort. He hated riding bikes through the shop and save parking lot. He'd been he'd nearly been clipped a dozen times. Nobody ever seemed to watch where the hell they were going. This guy had come from out of nowhere and actually made contact. Johnny had been quick enough to raise his foot up and put his sneaker on the guy's hood before being bumped from his bike and landing hard on the blacktop. I just need a minute, Johnny said. The jerk in the car shouted, stay out of the goddamn way before hurrying off. Asshole. Ethan, a tall, scrawny kid, leaned his BMX against the bench and joined Johnny. That cut looks pretty bad, man. You want me to run in and see if they have some Band-Aids? I've got a couple bucks left. 
Don't worry about it, Johnny said. He pulled the red bandana off his head and wrapped it tightly around his bloodied knee. He felt fortunate to come away with this wound and the scrape on his shoulder and not to have his skull cracked all over the pavement. It'll stop bleeding. Let's just get the hell out of here. It wasn't until a couple hours later, when they were up the hill near the Spears Corner Common, that Johnny noticed the ugly green van that he'd seen twice already parked up ahead. He'd also caught it cruising by the front of the sports car shop earlier, and before that, while they were skipping rocks down into Jefferson Stream near the trestles. He hadn't liked the look of the van or the way the vehicle seemed to have moved twice as slow as the rest of traffic. He'd grown up watching 2020 with his mom every Friday night. The weekly program had filled him with its share of nightmares, everything from catching AIDS from a dirty needle used on him at a doctor's office like Ryan White to being savagely attacked by an unleashed pit bull or forced into a satanic cult by older kids who listened to old bands like Slayer or that new group, Marilyn Manson and the Spooky Kids. But it also gave him a heightened sense of stranger danger, and this ugly van had his warning alarms going haywire. Let's cross the road, he said. Ethan didn't ask why, he just followed. When they crossed again further up the street, Johnny looked back and saw the van was gone. Good. Bikes in the grass, armed with Pepsis they picked up from 7-Eleven on the other side of the road, Johnny and Ethan sat in the gazebo at the heart of the Spears Corner Commons. You think I could spend the night at your place tonight, Ethan said. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to talk to my mom. Johnny didn't know Ethan Ripley that well. The kid had just come to Spears Corner Junior High at the end of sixth grade a couple months ago. He liked the kid well enough, but enough to hang out with him all night, he wasn't sure. That's okay, Ethan said, dropping his chin and staring at the plastic bottle cupped in his hands. It's just that my mom kind of sucks. Yeah, they all do sometimes, Johnny said, unsure whether this kid was going to start crying or spill some sad, sappy story on him. She's, I think she's worse than most. Ah, oh, crap, Johnny thought, he's gonna spill. My mom, she drinks a lot, like she's drunk all the time, you know? Uh, sorry, man, Johnny said. He sipped from his soda, hoping his sorry was enough. And my dad, Ethan began, tears leaked from both of his deep brown eyes. He lives up near camp, and when I'm at his place, he hits me pretty good. Sometimes I don't know if I can take it anymore, or if I should run away, you know? Or just... Johnny had never seen a kid his own age fall apart before his eyes except maybe in a movie. He was sure then that he was sure Ethan was about to come completely undone, that his skin was going to unzip and flood the gazebo with every bit of hurt and pain he had inside. Oh, shit. Shit, man, Ethan said, standing up and wiping at his eyes. I'm sorry. I, I don't know why I told you all that. Don't worry about it, Johnny said. Life sucks sometimes, right? Ethan, red-eyed, the front of his County Crows t-shirt, wet from his tears, nodded and gave a weak, weepy laugh. Johnny wanted to change the subject. He pointed to Ethan's shirt. You like them? Counting Crows? Yeah, they're my favorite band. His gaze dipped, his hands nervously scratching at his neck. I hope you don't think that's too lame. Yeah, they're okay, Johnny said. Mr. Jones, right? Yeah, but the whole tape is really special. I mean, it is to me. It's like... Every song on there speaks to me in some way. Have you ever had a tape like that? He thought about it. Johnny really liked a lot of different bands and their albums, but he couldn't really pick just one. I don't know, he said. Sure, like maybe Nevermind or 10. Yeah, those are really good ones, Ethan said. After a few seconds of silence, he added, I can make you a copy if you want to check it out. Is that the name of the tape? Johnny said, pointing to the words scrawled across Ethan's shirt. 
Yeah, August and everything after. Cool, Johnny said, rising from the bench, lining the inside of the gazebo. Come on, you ever been out to the pits? What is it? Johnny led him down the steps to where their bikes lay. It's a bunch of huge sand piles the city uses for all sorts of stuff. Tons of people go out there with four-wheelers and dirt bikes or just to go shoot shit for, like, target practice. And are we supposed to go there? Ethan asked. I don't know, really. My buddy Paul and his dad always go out there and ride. I've been, I've been with them a bunch of times, and I've never seen any cops. Come on. By the time they reached the pit off Brunswick Avenue, they both wished they brought some more soda. Sun sucks today, Ethan said as they rode through the open gate. There's another store, New Mills Market. It's just down the way. Let's just get a few jumps in, and then we can use the last couple of bucks that you have to get something. Okay, Ethan said. The kid was finally smiling. Good, Johnny thought. He didn't think he could stand another waterworks display from this guy. Wait, Johnny said, looking at Ethan's funny hand. Are you going to be able to land okay? I mean, with your hand and everything? Yeah, it's not as useless as it looks, Ethan said. He clutched his bike grip to prove it. Cool. Johnny was curious as to what happened to his hand, but he never felt, never felt right to ask. Ethan would tell him if he felt like it. Johnny took the first two jumps off a smaller dirt pile before Ethan gave it a try. The kid made his first jump like a pro, getting some serious air and sticking the landing better than Johnny ever had. Wow, Johnny said, cruising over next to him. That was freaking awesome. You must have done this before. I used to ride dirt bikes with my Uncle Pete before we moved. Well, shit, man, you're going to have to show me how to do that. Ethan's gaze drifted over Johnny's shoulder. Johnny turned to see what the boy was looking at. What is it? Johnny asked, and then he saw. The green van, the same creepy Dodge junk box he'd seen earlier, sat parked near one of the taller sand piles a little further into the pits. Oh, my God, Ethan said. Let's go see if he's all right. Johnny didn't know what the kid was talking about until he noticed the man down on his hands and knees toward the back tire of the van. His stranger danger alarms blared again. Ethan, wait! But Ethan was pedaling towards the van in a hurry. Johnny stepped on his pedal but couldn't force himself to follow. His insides felt cold. Goose flesh broke over his arms. They shouldn't go near that man or his damn van. He sat frozen as he watched Ethan dump his BMX to the dirt and walk over to the man on the ground. He appeared to be helping the man to his feet when the man snatched him by the hair and slammed Ethan's head into the side of the van. The man clubbed Ethan until the boy collapsed to the ground. That's when the creep stood and pointed at Johnny. God, oh no, oh God. Johnny wet his pants. The man grabbed Ethan up from the dirt and carried him behind the van, opened the back door and piled him inside. Slamming the door shut, the stranger turned towards Johnny, who couldn't move. Johnny's entire body trembled. He was crying as the man started for him. The awful man had closed the distance by the time Johnny finally busted loose from his paralysis and turned his bike around. He couldn't go for Brunswick Avenue. The man could go back to his van, catch him and run him down. There was a path they used to use that went all the way to Tab Talbot Hill, which could bring him over to Bruton Street. From there, he could hurry down Church Street and over to the police station. Johnny pedaled as fast as he could. He felt like the strange man was Carl Lewis, like he was going to break another Olympic record and run him down. Johnny was going, Johnny was going to get stuffed in the back of that van. As he left the sand and dirt behind, his bike tires eating up the grass of the path, he dared a quick glance over his shoulder. The stranger was no longer behind him. He didn't look back again. He pedaled to Talbot Hill. When he got there, he saw his English teacher, Mr. Jans. 
He asked if he could use his phone, but Johnny never made it to the police. Instead, he called his mom to come pick him up. He never told anyone what happened to Ethan Ripley. He was too afraid he would get in trouble for not helping, for not stopping that man. After the police pulled Ethan's body from Litchfield Pond, Johnny cried himself to sleep. You had to write write the uh, sadness, don't you? <laughs> That's right, thanks. Yeah, I try to I try to make it. You know, I love I love the emotional stuff. Like, yeah. like everyone tells you about horror. Like, it only works if you really care about about the characters. You know what I mean? I mean, not really? always. If you're only in for like slashing and gashing, there's that kind of style too. But I right. mean. This is my favorite kind of horror, right? Like, so. like when, uh, when when Ethan was trying to spill his heart out there. I, like, I I don't know if we all had that friend when we were younger that was in that yeah. kind of situation, you know? And like, right. And we were young. We were young, naive. We we're like, we don't want to hear that. We don't know. We had our right. own issues, right? So, right. Yeah. So I have to ask you at the beginning of the book in the dedication, dedicated to the Murderinos and the Green, the Grave Dancers Union. What are those? Uh, Murderinos are what the, uh, people that follow, uh, the podcast, it's called my favorite murder. Okay. And, uh, that's what they call their followers are, are known as Murderinos. And I love that podcast. It's a true crime po podcast. It's hilarious. Uh, the hosts are amazing. Uh, I love listening to them and they'll go over all this stuff. And I've heard tons of stories, you know, that I've never heard of before. Tons of, uh, serial, not serial killers or some serial killers, but a lot mm -hmm. of horrific stuff. And, you know, they talk about how sometimes the best way to deal with that stuff is, you know, you, you have to laugh to like keep it light. You know what I mean? Not, not making fun of it, anything like that. So I really got into them um, a while ago, last year, the year before that, I think it was the beginning of last year. And they helped me get through the pandemic, actually listening to them. because <laughs> They're just like hilarious. They feel like friends of ours. Uh, so, yeah. So because of the true crime aspect uh, and serial killer stuff that I got in here, I mean, they definitely played a part. Uh -huh. for me uh in in that leading into this story uh the grave dancers union is uh it's actually a shout out to soul asylum uh because there's a lot of 90s references in here yeah. but i think of all those bands even though i used uh august and everything after the counting crows album as really a big part of this book to me mm -hmm. back when i was that age in, in the 90s uh soul asylum's grave dancers union is just one of my favorite records that's their best and it's something I still listen to all the time. Yeah. So yeah, I, st I still break it out every now and then. I mean, <sighs> Runaway Train. Who, who doesn't like that? Yeah, if you go to my YouTube page, I've got. I yeah. did a cover of uh, Runaway Train on there that came somebody up. Somebody to shove. That was, somebody to shove. That somebody just, to shove. Yeah, that's awesome. It still yeah. sounds just as good today as it did then. <laughs> We're going up memory lane now, <laughs> which is cool because I do this to my wife, and she's like, "I don't know who you're talking about." <laughs> at the time, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's people in the chat. Uh, Chloe says this book sounds amazing. Priscilla, oh my gosh, that was awesome. And uh, Justin Lewis, he said there's a portion in the book that made him tear up, and that's the first time a horror novel had ever done that to him. That's awesome. That I mean, as a as a writer, that's amazing to hear. And I've heard that. I've seen that in a bunch of the reviews for this. That that I've made a bunch of people cry. Uh, so <laughs> I feel like you know, just it just makes it lets you know as a writer that you you did something you hit something right you yeah. know what i mean you, you always strive to do that even if the whole book doesn't hit on a whole which you know they rarely ever do like a whole book for everybody but like when you can do that when you can move somebody in that way 
uh, especially in a horror novel. I think it just it adds so much, and it's it, it's like the biggest compliment that I've got so far off of this book. Knowing that I, I feel like people. I feel like that shows the true talent of a writer. If you can get some kind of physical emotional reaction from somebody, whether you make them laugh, really if you make them cry or something like that, I think is sort of the the top that you can hit just with your writing skills. Yeah, for me, for sure, with this, especially with this book, because it's such a serious and dark mm-hmm. situation going on to uh, get people that invested in the characters. It's, it's awesome. Do the ideas for your books uh, just come to you at strange times? Do you carry around like a, a tablet of paper or a, re- a recorder so you don't, re- don't forget later when you can write it down? Uh, yeah, you know, there's always ideas everywhere. So um, like I said, like I moved into that town and just was just noticing on a drive around to the store or something like, well, this graveyard is like everywhere here, the cemetery. <laughs> everywhere what the hell's going on in this town then that's how that was born and then um you know yeah i have i have a notebook i've always got a notebook close by and then my phone obviously there's the note section on there if i get one says something and i'm like hmm you know just (laughs) type it in there real quick and maybe go back to it maybe not but marcella marcella's told us he grew up next to the graveyard that inspired scratches i guess that's close to where you live now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I probably, I probably know which graveyard he was at. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the graveyards, the cemeteries that I used in here, which is really their cemeteries. I guess graveyards are, are the ones that are by churches. Uh-huh. Someone, someone pointed that out to me. Well, is there a difference? I never... <laughs> I guess there is. I guess there is. I think it's graveyards are on uh, church land, church property, whatever. <laughs> oh, I just thought it was different names. I, mean, oh, yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either until I looked it up. I mean, it doesn't bother me with, with how the book comes. Cause I think most people I think they're interchangeable anyway. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And the cemeteries in here, I used loosely based off the real ones that are in, in that town. So, mm-hmm. I mean, is the, the history that you wrote in the book about why there's so many cemeteries, did you make all that up or is there a little I, bit? I, of made truth to it okay. I made that all up. So for everyone um, listening, do not do any fact checking. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you don't have to fact check. It's, uh, yeah. you know, and, and it's I fiction. Do that. Just, just go with it. It's fiction. Well, I like all the, the history and kind of stuff. So I was I know. curious if any of the, that history was real. or if yeah, I just know what somebody comes back and says, hey, this, this is all fake. Well, it's yeah, not real. It's, yeah. it's like a fiction book. You know, it's fiction. Did you, did you get lost on your way to the nonfiction part of the library or what? <laughs> yeah, right. So you've done you've done your werewolf novel, Blood and Rain, Until Summer Comes Around as a vampire novel. Do you like those sort of classic monsters? I love the classic them? monsters. I love yeah. all the classics and all the all the tropes that, that have been done a thousand times. And I'm not scared <laughs> of, of going into them and doing I've you know, I think as a reader and a and a writer, like you you think, hmm, what could I do with this? Do you know what I mean? Right. And that's put your own spin on it. That's how you you have to take it. And I don't care about the rules. Like I, I know the rules, but I'm not sticking to them. If it doesn't help me move my story where I want my story to go, like with my vampires and until summer comes around, I kind of did my own thing with them. My werewolf is probably closest to normal. Um, mm-hmm. I think, but I don't worry about that when I'm writing because I feel like as a writer, I've got the freedom to do what I want with, with oh, my yeah. monsters and my heroes, you know? Is there any type of classic monster you haven't done yet that you'd really like to? Believe it or not, I've always been against zombies. Always been against zombies. Like, I like. I think they're so boring. So but, oversaturated. Once Walking Dead, very oversaturated. Yeah, zombies. But 
but I, I got an idea earlier <laughs> this year and I started writing it. Cause like I said, when I get an idea, I usually will try to write a chapter or two and I really love what I wrote. So I think at some point in the next five years, this zombie novel <laughs> will novel or novella, whatever it's going to be, will, will uh, find the, find its way out. So some point zombies, which I never thought I'd do, but once I got the idea, I was like, Oh, I have to do this now. Yeah, They are pretty boring and generic, but some people, they put really great twists on them that right. give this new light to them. Right. Like, like Keen's Keen's the rising obviously has its own thing. And I would never dare to even go near his stuff. But for me with, with what I've got started, it's so much right now. It's so much about the, the characters in mm-hmm. the story, the people. And you know, they're like, I already feel like I know these people and I have to get them through something. So it'll be interesting if I, I mean, I hopefully I'll finish it. I'm, I'm sure I will. Cause it's something that really grabbed at me earlier this year. Um, that's just sitting there in that on deck circle, you know? Yeah. My favorite uh, zombie novel is a thousand miles to nowhere by David Kerfus. And it's because of the people, the characters. I like it so much as opposed to right. the zombies are just sort of the backdrop of about what's going on. But the focus is about the people. Right. I think that's why I like it so much. I think that's the, it's the, probably the best way to do it right now, unless you can come up with something really, really different for your zombies. I mean, you've got to focus on those people. Like yeah. just hanging out at the corner store, you know, smoking cigarettes, playing cards <laughs> or whatever, like the right. cool zombies. I want to hang with the cool zombies, <laughs> the, the in crowd zombies. You know, and in the, like, it's funny for me with zombies. Like if you go to like movies, my favorite are like, uh, uh, the scout's guide, right? What is it? I don't remember the name of it. the scout's guide to surviving. That one. And, and I really love warm bodies too. Like the romantic horror. Yeah, I forgot about funny. that one. Like those yeah. are kind of like, those are, that's kind of like where my feelings go. Like, I, I don't know if I will write anything like that. Mine will probably be more vicious, but, uh, I really, when I go to watch zombie stuff, if it's different like that, it's funny. It's got a little bit of comedy. Yeah. I like a little tongue in cheek approach to the whole zombie. Zombie Land was really funny, I think. Oh, yeah, was, Zombie Land. Yeah, Zombie Land was hilarious. Zombie. Yeah, that, both of those are really good, too. I love those movies, too. What was that That newest one? Uh, Train to Busan? Is that what you're talking no, about? No, that, that one, I guess I haven't seen that one yet, but I guess that's pretty good. But the, the, one, everybody. the one on Netflix, uh, it was uh, just this past summer. I can't think of it. It got some heat. Oh, because, uh, uh, arm, the Army Army of the Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's that. what, yeah, something like that. It's like, we watched it. Has the guy that did uh, oh, the wrestler B- Batista, the wrestler guy? Yeah, yeah, Batista's in it. Yeah, yeah, I heard, because there's a sequel coming out too already. But it's I didn't like think there was anything special about it. I mean, that was one that I guess they no, started, they started making, making the that one. Name. They started making that one like several years ago. It was one of those ones where they started when during the height of the zombie stuff. Somebody forgot to tell them that you know zombies are kind of played out now. <laughs> Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder's a director. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I, it's like a anything. It's <laughs> kind of like a heist zombie movie mixed together. They have to go in in Las Vegas. It's overrun with zombies. They have to steal something out of there. It was okay. Right. It wasn't. It didn't blow my mind, but right. it was kind of funny. And another older one I liked was uh, Fido. I think was the name of it. It's been Fido's a while. I, I need to watch that again. It's been a while. That one was I, fun too. I just like the different take on it. You know, like yeah. I, re- cool. I liked the uh, Twenty Eight Days hard. Later. I like the fast zombies because they were different. Than what we'd seen in 28 days later, it was something different. Yeah, I need to see that again because I remember seeing it back when I was in my anti zombie phase. Yeah. So I probably didn't, you know, so you I probably enjoy it a lot it. more. Yeah, now, 
Uh, yeah, I might check that out. I might put that on my my Halloween watch list. So, and is is the crazies? Is that considered zombies with Timmy? I love the, the crazies. The crazies so is great. Is that considered I can't remember zombies? if it's zombies or if it's just virus. I can't remember. It was it's a really virus, good movie. I, though. I don't yeah. know if that's. I like the remake of that. That was good. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, what's Michael Clark has a question for you regarding werewolves. Which is better, The Howling or American Werewolf in London? I'm a Howling fan just because uh, uh, I, I just I, I love I love both of them. But The Howling to me is so it's so cool. I like like how they get that they, that there's a cult and that they're out in the woods and it's been ages. I watched that crazy sexy werewolf woman lures yeah. this guy out there i just love it <laughs> i don't know i like the whole setup of it it's, it's it, i prefer the story i guess like i just remember watching all of those on old beat up vhs tapes where the tracking was so bad like i want to see the, some, the lines blurring yeah I, I really want to see some of these classics like totally remastered and stuff right just to, just to see what we missed when i was a kid not supposed to be watching it What's uh what's King's called? Is it Silver Bullet? Is that what his is called? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I love that movie too. Yeah. That's classic. That's got some it's extra like, cheese in it. It's got what like, it's, it's a King Gary movie, Lucy. so yeah. Yeah, it's got some extra cheese in it. So yeah. Yeah. So do you see yourself sticking with uh one off books like that or, or do you ever plan on doing a series connecting I everything? I don't plan on doing a series, but um I definitely have developed like ideas for sequels for a bunch of my stuff. Um, uh, blood, like I said, blood and rain. I've already got like a sequel in the works for that. Um, chasing ghost was a novella. I did kind of like a wrong turn, even though it's called chasing ghosts. It doesn't have ghosts in it. There's, there's like woods <laughs> people inbred woods people in that book. And I have a sequel for that. That that's sounds almost, interesting. A sequel for that. That's almost done. Um, and I actually talked uh, to Don about possibly doing a sequel till until summer comes around, which would be because I just want to, a lot of people have messaged me since I put that book out mm-hmm. saying that they would be interested to see where, how things are with Rocky in November and maybe get some more uh, on my take on vampires. Like where do they come from or whatever? What's the backstory? What's the full backstory or what's going on with there? And I think there's a lot, there's a lot there that I could play with. And it would be totally interesting to see how that young romance, if, if, if they find each other or something down the road, what it might look like. Um, so, I mean, there's a little bit of a spoiler alert on that one, but <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert have, after the fact. Do you have but, anything that's connected at all? Sort of like a universe built or is I, everything I, kind of standalone? I sneak things in. I sneak things in. I mean, if you if you go talk to Janine, she'll probably point them all out. <laughs> She's got the grid with all the lines and stuff. Yeah, she probably <laughs> got all, all that. Dots. She'll probably, she probably say it without realizing she's saying it. Like, oh, I wasn't supposed to tell you guys that. Just right, right. <laughs> no, I make nods to my other stuff. Like, um, I can't remember. One of the books I wrote, I mentioned uh, the Bruton Inn, which is the hotel, name of the hotel in uh, the Haunted Halls. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which book that was in. But someone, had, I think it was probably Janine that had just pointed it out to me. <laughs> I do that, though. I'll, I'll do, like, little nods to, like, because all my stuff uh, – 99% of it's in Maine. So yeah. I can kind of have my own, I kind of have my own little universe going on, like where I'll mention uh, Route 5 or something, which is where the my make-believe hotel was. I'll ma- maybe mention werewolves, some crazy werewolf story, mm-hmm. like talking, or, or Gilson Creek, which is the name of the town I made up. 
to that, that blood and rain takes place in just little things. I mean, and you'd have to have read all my stuff, you know, to get it obviously, but yeah. it's in there. I do. I don't, I don't, I like, I like throwing little things like that in there. So you're not afraid of, of me. So you're not afraid of, of, you know, doing stuff in Maine, forget King and everything he does in Maine. You're just going to take it over. I guess. I don't know. It's like, it's like, it's what I know. You know what I mean? I, and I've, I've been to a few different places and I, the only other book I wrote out of Maine was uh, a novella called Boomtown, which takes place in Wisconsin. But mm-hmm. uh, that's like the only one outside of Maine, I think. I think most all my other books and novellas have taken place in Maine, either loosely based off real towns or totally made up towns that I put in there myself. So, so with you being a Maine author, is Stephen King an influence for you or not really? Or No, absolutely. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I love almost all of his stuff that I've read. I haven't read everything. I'm not like uh, the constant reader that's right there. Every book that comes out as it comes out. Um, But he's definitely my favorite writer overall. Um, Just like picking up any of his books, reading any of his work is like comfort food to me. Like if I'm feeling out Mm -hmm. of sync with life or reading or anything, if I go pick up one of any King book that I love, you know, pretty much I can start in and just all of a sudden, feels like home you know what i mean right uh just his voice and i don't it's funny with him too because he goes on all these side tracks all the time like and people some people hate that like they're like why is oh, he, he takes, he takes the wrong up? way yeah i love that he, stuff i eat that all, up i don't i don't like I, I actually don't like it so much when i run across it in other books but for him. <laughs> with him it's just his voice like he could tell me anything and i'm going i'm in i'm in all the way with it you know what i mean yeah. Um, I've read some books where you can see someone doing that and I don't, I don't like it. When I try to do these little sidetracks, I try to make them as quick as I can. You know what I mean? I, I try not to get off the path too much because with my own writing, I like it to be very much in a straight line. And I want you to be able to just stay in the story that I'm telling you. You know, uh-huh. I, if I was better, if I felt more confident at not losing people going on sidetracks, I might do it. And maybe eventually I'll, develop some of that skill but right now i feel like for myself even though i love when king does it i mm-hmm. feel i don't want to lose i don't want to lose the story that we're in i don't want people going let's just get back to the story already i want to know what's going to happen <laughs> you know what i mean yeah it's always been that's a, that's one of those things that's always in my mind when i'm writing uh or especially when i'm editing but even when i'm writing i like to just stay straight on that the straight so, line so speaking about uh, about your style just now how do you turn someone on to your work? I mean, what, what is your little pitch when someone's asking what they can find from your work in a nutshell? I mean, I know we don't have another hour to talk about it, but still. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I always just try to give them a book, you know what I mean? Try to try to kind of feel out what they like, what they're into for, cause like I've written so many different things about different creatures and stuff. I try to find out what, what they really do like if like if they like vampires i can say or the lost boys i can say go read until summer comes around if they okay. want werewolves i send them to blood and rain if they want you know something different i've got i've got a little bit of everything so i think stylistically if they like it if they read the the uh, monster or creature or horror that they of mine that they that they're into and they like my style they're gonna mm-hmm. like the majority of my work because I, I can only tell a story the way that I do. And I think it's, it's even, like I said, even with these two flame tree books, which I've tried to open up to wider audience with, 
mm-hmm. I, I've still, it's still very much me. Like if you've read the haunted halls and blood and rain and you read either one of these two flame tree books, you're, and you love those other books, you're going to love these books too, I think. Cause hope you're hoping as an author that people like, like with me, with King, like you just want people to fall in love with the way that you write a story. You know what I mean? Uh-huh, and the right. way you tell it and the, and the things that make you unique. And that's kind of like how you win people over, I think. So uh, it's been a long, slow process. And, you know, I love I love where I'm at right now. And I hope it keeps hope it keeps building. I hope I keep getting better as a writer and telling these stories in this style, but even better. And I hope that along the way, we pick up more and more people that that are digging it. So James is uh, in the chat. He's going to go buy your blood and rain novel as soon as the chat as soon as the show's over. Yes. Good. Go for it. I love that book. And Michael Clark, he said he's not a Lost Boys fan, but he, uh, until Summer Comes Around, was one of his top reads of last year. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I know. I know. And a lot of people brought in the Lost Boys se- section of it. And it does have a lot. Same time period, like 87, 86, 85, right. whatever, that, that, that realm. Uh, mm-hmm. Side, you know, a, a, a seaside town with vampires. I mean, that's pretty much what it's got kind of some of the atmosphere of the lost boys but you know my vampire takes a lot different and uh the story's different so but it does have those vibes just just that atmosphere i guess which yeah. i love because that's one of my all-time favorite movies too so i'm not surprised if, that it that it i weaseled it in there so if you had to pick one book of yours for someone to start out with what would you recommend if they never read anything else before say start with this one Oh man, uh, I have a personal favorite, which is "Until Summer Comes Around," but mm-hmm. um, "Blood and Rain" has done a lot for me over the years, and it's been kind of like the the the, the gateway drug. Um, people seem to dig it, so it's that's my most reviewed book, my most well reviewed book. That and "Until Summer Comes Around" are my two most popular books so far, and August Eyes has been doing really well so far too, but. I'd say blood and rain is the one I'm most comfortable with. Like if you want to get full, if you want to get rolfed, that's what you do. You read blood and rain. Get rolfed. You need that on a shirt. Get rolfed. I know. I know. Uh, Zachary <laughs> Walters came up with that uh, years ago and I, it's just stuck. So I use it now. I took it. He let me take it and <laughs> run with it. So is, is blood and rain. Is it available? Cause I know it was with the press that it's yeah. not around anymore. Yeah, so it's available blood, rain, now. Um, blood and rain's funny, right? It's uh, uh, the ebook is with Cemetery Dance. Okay. So if you want to get the ebook, Cemetery Dance has the ebook. Um, the paperback I self-published. Um, okay. I got the I got the original cover back from Sam Hain finally this year. Um, and then the audio book is with uh, Fireside Horror, which is Joe Hempel's um, audio right. group. And I know I've they've been listened- doing stuff like uh, Crossroads, Laurel Hightower. They did that. I think they did the Laroca book. Things yep. have gotten worse. Yeah. And the the guy they got doing uh, Blood and Rain is awesome. I like listen to a few chapters of it and it's just awesome. I just I could listen to the whole thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> it makes me want to listen to it and, and, and enjoy it that way through someone else reading it. So with the audiobook and having, uh, I guess, a publisher do it, did you get to have any say on who the uh, narrator was going to be? No, and Joe was in control of that. And I and mm-hmm. I've known Joe forever. So I totally trusted his uh I knew he'd find someone perfect for it. So, yeah, cause I've seen like people, I guess, put it out themselves and they have like auditions and they listen to different actors and whatnot, pick and choose what they want. Yeah. So yeah, I was, just, I was done, curious. I've tried that too. And 
Joe was actually did my first couple of audio books um, before he was doing full-time audio stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But it was pretty much when he was getting into it, he wanted to, you know, he, he, me and him talked about it and he said he'd love to try doing my stuff. So he did my first short story collection slush, which is amazing. He did such a great job with that. Like same deal, like listening to, I remember he sent me the samples or whatever the, he sent me each story individually and listening to them. I got like caught up in the, in the <laughs> stuff. I know what's happening. I know what's coming, but the way he was doing it was like sucking me in and making me, putting me on the edge of my own seat. And I was like, what, how is he doing this? <laughs> is it weird to hear someone nice. read, out, read your books like that? Oh, is it no, kind awesome. of a weird experience? It's awesome. Like another yeah. one, um, Joe uh, also put out with Fireside, um, my second collection, Land of Bones, and he got it's fourteen stories, and he got fourteen different uh, audio. Oh, that's nice! Yeah, and it's amazing. Like Sean DeRager is one of them, um, and my favorite audio guy that I like listening to is Matt Godfrey, and he does the longest story, and there's like a short novella called Too Much of a Dead Thing. And he does that. And like, I have listened to that like two or three times just because I love Matt's delivery, a way he does stuff. And like, so listening to him bring my characters to life with the voices that he does uh-huh. blew my mind. And I love it. And I've played it for other people and like got them listening to it. So then he started listening, like wondering why they put a certain emphasis on certain syllables. Like, yes. That's what I meant. Maybe, no, maybe not. But yes, that's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like it's like saying it's like it's like being in a like if I put it to like when I write a song in my band, I don't play drums and I barely play bass. So when I bring a song in and I think it's really good, like the, just the chord progression and the vocals and the lyrics, and then a, I give it to a band and these bands that I've been in have like brought them to full life and it's right. like sounds way more amazing than i ever th- dreamt it was gonna be when i came up with it in my bedroom it's like <laughs> the same feeling that i got listening to some of these uh some of these performers perform uh the stories it's just like wow they brought it to life you know what i mean yeah nice because it, it yeah. can feel like a completely different experience too yeah like so i mean also that- yeah the land of bones i mean if, if people want to also get like bite-sized versions of my work and see how they like that. I would definitely recommend the audio version of land of bones too. Cause nice. it, I love, I loved it. I loved every, every uh, performer they had in there really brought these stories to life. And I love that group of stories too. So I think that's land really of cool. Bones they got a, so many different people to do it too. Yeah. That was, that was Joe's idea. He just wanted to do something fun with it. And, and he was able to land all these great uh, performers and it came out amazing. Nice. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Do you did you publish an anthology? Because I think Marcelo was on the other day with us. And he said he had a story that something with you that you'd put out, kind of like maybe a test thing or a teaser thing. Yep, I did. Uh, well, because I was trying to, I'm trying to do this publishing thing, but it's so difficult and it's so expensive mm-hmm. to write. Um, so I have put out a few books for some friends of mine, and uh, I put out a charity anthology that all the proceeds are going to the native American college fund or American native college fund. Um, that's separate from what Josh was talking about. Josh was in like, I, I also, when I was trying to get it started, I was trying to put out like samplers, like just a quick ebook with like five short stories from five different authors. Right. right. So kind of like in the punk rock realm, we used to have the sampler uh, albums like fat records and stuff would put out with like, 12 bands from their label you know what i mean or, or uh-huh. what would represent their label if even if these bands didn't have records out with them so i kind of did that with with my these two samplers i've done two of them i did one a couple of years ago 
And then I did another one last year with uh, Josh and Janine were in along with Brian Smith. I got a story from Brian Smith, uh, the sisters of slaughter. Uh-huh. I've heard uh, that one. Yeah. D.W. Gillespie. And I think there was another, Oh, Tim Meyer had a great story in there too. Like people I think would represent what I would like to put out. Uh-huh. Um, so that was cool. And it's cheap. It's just like, it's either, uh, I think it's like 99 cents and you can find both of those uh, on Amazon still. Um, what are they called again? Uh, I think it's just Alien Agenda Publishing's sampler. I think one's 2018, okay. and one's 2020. So um, those are out there. And those, I got some really cool stories to put out for people. Um, the publishing thing is just like, I want to do it right. So it's difficult to do because I don't have the financial backing right. to do what uh-huh. I want to do. So I put out a book earlier this year from Brian Fata Steele, which is called Dire Branches, kind of a cosmic horror folklore of baby uh, Baba Yaga. Uh, oh, there you go. Familiar with that. But yeah. he took mm-hmm. this really cool cosmic horror twist to it. And uh, we put that out earlier this year. Um, but it's just like, I wish I could promote it better. I wish I, yeah. you know. Um, Kev, Har- Kev Harrison's The Balance is all about Baba Yaga. Cool. So, yeah, I haven't, yeah. I haven't read that one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's something I'd love to be able to do at some point. And every time I think I'm all right, I'm gonna I start getting in a place financially where I feel I think I can do at least a couple of books a year, right? Uh-huh. Right, something happens. You know, life happens. So it's like I haven't been able to get on a good, good steady groove with with Alien Agenda Publishing yet. Like I start, oh, I'm almost there, and then something happens. Like the summer happened. So right after, right as uh, Brian's book was coming out, I made this big change in my life and hopefully we'll get back on track at some point and uh, do some more work with that. But it's kind of like on the back burner for right now, just cause I can't financially do it as well as I want to. So do you have a, a site for your uh, publisher or is it all just all through Amazon as of now? It's just through Amazon. And there is a, there's, if you go to alien underscore pub on Twitter, you can, you can uh, keep up with whatever we've got out there. Okay. Uh, I tried to put a website together, but I'm so bad at it. And I'm so bad at keeping up with it. And uh, there is a website. I don't even remember the name of it right now, but <laughs> it's well, just, I, I, I did find glenroffhorror.com. Is that a different one or is that the one you're talking that, about? That was my, that was my website. Okay. Uh, I, I, my blog or whatever that I turned into a website and I, I can't keep up with that either. Right? It's like, I can't get it to look like I want it to look. And I don't know. I don't have the skills for all that. So well, it, it does say under construction coming Chris, Christmas of, 2002 so <laughs> no it doesn't, it doesn't say that old no, it, doesn't, old. It, doesn't it doesn't say that i'm sorry <laughs> uh, so, so it's alien uh, alien agenda right so for people alien agenda pub alien alien underscore pub if they want to go to the twitter page okay because that uh the baba yaga story sounds dope i like the witches and baba yaga so i'm gonna check that one out yeah cool definitely brian did a great job so i'd like to get that one out yeah. there so we know you're working. We, we don't want to, you know, keep you too long from work. Your your coworker's a champ. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, we've had like I, I've got I've got the monitor right here, so I can see what's going on. Okay. It's been well, pretty you're, slow. So. You're buying you're buying dinner tonight, so. Right. <laughs> yeah. Anyone you're reading? Anything you're reading right now? You want to tell us about that? We should be looking forward to. You have any inside scoop? Of stuff that's coming out. That's coming out or, or something that you're really involved with reading right now that's already out? Uh, any, any fancy blurbs you're giving anybody or anything? No, not not recent. Not right now. I, like I said, it's been it's been a crazy summer. So just trying yeah. to get 
reset and get going again. You know what I mean? I mean, I've been able to write a little bit less than nor I'd like, but reading wise, I've just been, I've been trying to get, um, I, I got into Chandler Morrison this year. So checking out like uh, uh, Dead Inside was great. Um, I got the, the, uh, the Splatter Western, which I've started reading and I'm enjoying. I love the, I, I'm not as much for the meta stuff that he's got in there as much as the story, because I feel like it takes me yeah. out of the story. That's, and that's I, what love, I, said. I love the story that's going on. Like his writing is so amazing. He's like one of my favorite writers right now. I think just like style wise, it's so cool how he can get this crazy stuff to work. Well, I don't like a lot of bizarre, weird stuff, but uh-huh. the way he writes is making it work for me. So. Like I like the meta stuff, but I wish it was separate from the Western because I was really into the Western and it pulled me out and I was really right. into the meta and then we switched back. But Yeah. Yeah. For me, so right now as I'm reading that, I'm actually skipping over the meta stuff and just going to the next. <laughs> Are you? Because I want to stay in the story. Like that's that's, yeah. that's where I want to be. And I, I'm really loving the story. So have um, you read any of the meta stuff or have you skipped at all? I read the first one and that was it. I was like, no, that just took me out of the story. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> the story. I like saw I'd, once I saw that it was happening again. I was like, "Wait a minute!" And then I skipped ahead. So. All, the, all the interludes. I I wasn't a big fan of Dead Inside, and Jay wasn't either. But I liked all the meta stuff in his Splatter Western that talked about Dead Inside. How it was kind of controlling him, and the covers on the poster in the back, kind of laughing at him, mocking him, and stuff. I dug all that yeah. kind of stuff. I'll, I'll probably go back when I finish it and read the meta stuff separately, like you were just saying, like because I'm interested in it, but I just don't want to get taken out of that story because it's so good. Yeah, I did. I dug the Western part. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean, some of my old other favorites, I'm always trying to push people into reading are like Patrick Lacey is one of my favorite horror writers. I'm not sure what he's up to. I know he's got, he got married uh, a couple of years back and has a baby. So mm-hmm. he's been busy doing that. But I, I guarantee he's got he's been writing up a whole bunch of stories. And just because they haven't seen the light of day yet doesn't mean there's right. not a whole bunch coming. But right. uh, like I said, a voice so soft he put out with um, Grindhouse press and that i love that story it was fun and it's perfect for halloween reading so if anyone is looking for a halloween read this year pick up a voice so soft by patrick lacy i want to give away with him i can't remember what book it was but he he sent me one book it might have been a voice so soft i really love love his style he reminds me a lot of like if if, uh for some reason i always think of wes craven when i'm reading him like i feel like and i know he's a huge freddy fan so i'm sure that has it's got he's just got like the blood or something (laughs) <laughs> like the way his stories read to me always feels like this could be a Wes Craven movie. So well, now that you've talked about Wes Craven and Freddie, like that's all I can think of now for August dies. Like it's totally, I can see that now. I didn't see it before until you mentioned it. The red. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. The red on the cover, but like just the dream world and stuff. Like I put, I didn't put those two together until you all talked about it. No. Yeah. Wes Craven knew how to do that. And I think that, and no, like I said, it kind of like, I was like, how am I going to pull this off? And then I said, I know who I can research. And I went back to his, his uh, film catalog and definitely helped me accomplish what I wanted to do. Do you have a favorite book you read this year? Uh, I think one of my favorites was good neighbors by Sarah Lang- Langan. So um, it was a, she used to put out a lot of books a few years ago and then she kind of disappeared for a while. She got family and stuff. Um, but that was a really cool book. Good neighbors. If you guys haven't seen that one, um, I read dead inside this year and it was really strange and I didn't like the very end of it, but I really loved 
it was I very strange. <laughs> like every like when I thought it could get really good, like you're watching that main character, like he's starting to do things that you never thought he would do. And uh -huh. it, it actually felt like I was like, this is precious. This is kind of sweet. <laughs> and to say that in the middle of that book was it yeah. just blew my brain that I was even thinking that way. And that then of sweet course, doesn't go with that book. No, <laughs> no right? it's, it's a book that will never die for some reason. <laughs> no, and, and uh, yeah, it was it was like normally that wouldn't be my cup of tea, you know. But right. but he, he, something about the way he wrote it like worked for me. So um, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look at a list of things. Like I said, my mind's been all over the place this year. So yeah, yeah. I I'm looking forward to reading "Come Come with Me" by Ronald Malfi. Uh, I just picked up My Heart is a Chainsaw by Stephen Graham Jones and, that one's good. and the uh, new Grady Hendrix book, uh, too. So I'm looking forward to getting into those as soon as I can. Yeah, the My Heart is a Chainsaw, that one was really good. I read um, that one and then I read The Only Good Indians in like January or February. And that's yeah, probably my book of the year right now. That's I love that book. Yeah, I read that earlier this year, too. I loved, That was another one I loved, too. So as we start winding down... Do you do much social media? Where, where can people find you aside from your award-winning website? <laughs> <laughs> That's under construction for 2002. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I, I like to show up on Instagram a lot. Like I said, I'll, I'll, if I'm in the mood, I'll post like some, just me doing a couple of songs or something, a couple mm -hmm. of videos, music stuff. I'm always posting book covers of my books or other people's books that I love that I'm reading. Or sometimes I've been trying to put some reviews up there or was before, all this stuff going on but mm -hmm. um yeah instagram i think it's under like grolf it's like my first initial and my last name grolf horror i think so and i think think author grolf or something for twitter i wish i should know this stuff yeah. but <laughs> i don't know why I've got the links fun. the links are down in the description yeah. for anybody who wants to click on them yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I don't even know mine and so <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Like, so yeah, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook are where I do most of my social media stuff. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah, you can always find me doing something. And I've got a YouTube page. If you Google Glenn Rolf YouTube, it'll probably bring you right to it or something. So yeah, I saw you're doing uh, sample chapters from August Eyes and some of your your music stuff on there. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, um, once in a while, like I was going to start doing a, my own show on there. I was interviewing some of my buddies during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But then as soon as I had to go back to work, all that spare time I had to do that kind of stuff, you know, dried up. So no, yeah. yeah. I I'd love to we get know, back we know to all about that. Too. Well, some of us know about that. Some of us work at home, Brad. But it's not my fault, Jay. Others who actually have a job <laughs> go to hey, I've, I've got it. I turn this way. <laughs> I know. Type, type, I know. type, 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 and then I turn this way. <laughs> so we want to thank you so much for stopping by and being the final guest of the first season of Paper Cuts. Uh, much appreciation and yeah people might be tuning in right now hearing that it's just season one everyone we're ending season <laughs> one tonight uh we will be back in a couple of weeks to start off season two but we couldn't be happier uh glenn roth august eyes was released in august yep. ironically pick it up it's good pick, pick it, it up he's got that fancy hardcover too the hardcovers yeah. are great Oh my god, the hardcover is beautiful. Like the spine, like they've got like one of the crosses on the spine. It's really yeah. cool. I don't know if you can see it on there if it's on that. Yeah, section. it's showing up. Oh, I love it. And we're going I to start it. a uh, we're going to start a GoFundMe fund for his coworker for you know doing all the stuff tonight while for, he uh, for being a champ. Yeah, for, thanks, while, thanks. While he was shout hanging out. out with yeah. Shout out to Elise for helping me out. Yeah, I mean he he's hanging out with these two bozos while she's doing all the work. So <laughs> yeah, totally appreciate it. 
season one is a wrap, Brad. Any 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 parting words about this? I'm surprised we made it this far. Jay. I know we haven't we haven't fought we haven't had any super spats. Right. I'm kind of impressed. <laughs> we'll, we'll have some we'll have stuff about season one on Twitter and on our YouTube page and stuff over over the next couple of weeks. Just because we're not going to be doing interviews over the next couple of weeks doesn't mean we won't be working on the show over the next couple of weeks. Uh, so we'll have stuff together for everyone. Jay too. might actually finally do something. I'm, yeah. My shoulders are getting heavy. That's why we got to have a yeah. season break. Shut your hole. <laughs> yeah. I'm just I do playing. enough. <laughs> I do enough. Glenn, thanks so much for stopping by and hanging out with us. Hope uh, we didn't scare you away too much. Yeah, no, awesome, guys. Thanks for having me. Ho- hopefully in the future, I will have you on again. You know, once you see the name, you're like, oh, no, not those two assholes again. But still, <laughs> Block, <Yeah>. mute. <laughs> exactly. So that's going to do it, guys. Season one is a wrap. Can you believe it? 12 eps. I think we did 12 weeks in a, in a row, didn't we? Or we may have skipped one week, but Pretty still close 12, to 12 shows. Row. Yeah. I'm a little tired. Cool. <laughs> Good job, guys. So for our guest, Glenn Rolf, and we'll have links to all of his socials uh, on our video on Brad's channel. Uh, the show will be on my channel tomorrow once everything processes. And then the audio for all of you audio fans will be on all of your favorite podcast platforms. You can check it out along with all the other shows from the season. Uh, a lot to get caught up on if you're just now checking checking out what we're doing. A lot of fun this season. And again, we'll have some best of shows coming up next couple of weeks. Uh, for my partner over in crime over there in Brad and Glenn Roth, thank you guys so much for joining us in the chat and everyone watching later and listening later. Until we meet again, guys, stay safe. Bye. Queen Wave, thanks for coming, Glenn. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Love you, Brad. Love you, Jay.